Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. Good morning, Ashish. How are you today? Good morning, Wayne. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So let's start with what we do fairly regularly. Give your assessment of where we stand now in the United States with the pandemic. Uh, trends seem to be con- continuing in a favorable direction. So maybe you can elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely, Wayne. And um, yeah, there is, look, there, there is good news. Uh, the good news is that number of cases uh, is coming down. Uh, and, you know, it's not, uh, it's not uh, like way, way down, but I would say compared to the highs, it's probably down about 30%. And that's a lot, right? That's a lot. So 30% off of its highs, heading in the right direction. And, uh, and the big question everybody asks is, is the worst behind us? And, and we've talked a little bit about this. Uh, it all depends on what we do, what happens with the variant. But there's no doubt about it. The, the number of infections in the United States is, is down from its highs and, and the hospitalizations are down. And we're gonna see a little bit of a decline in uh, deaths, I think in the next week or two as well. So we are now seven days into the Biden presidency. And as we've discussed, as everyone has certainly discussed and knows, uh, he's made the pandemic a priority. And his initial goal was 100 million doses in 100 days. And I was seeing just today, actually, that he's now increasing that. So maybe you can yep. speak to that and just give an overall assessment of, of how, how you think the administration is handling the pandemic seven days in. Right. Early days. Um, early so, days. <laughs> uh, so back in early December, uh, at that time, President-elect Biden said that he thought in his administration, we'd get 100 million doses in 100 days or a million doses a day into people's arms. Um, we're, we're hitting that now. We're hitting that in the last week. And to be perfectly honest, a million doses a day is not enough, especially with the, with the uh, variant that we didn't really know much about in early December. So what happened yesterday was President Biden upped it to a million and a half a day uh, or 150 million doses over the next 100 days. That's going to help. And that 50% bump is real and it's important. And personally, I'd like us to get closer to 2 million a day. And so then there's a question of like, are you just picking these numbers out of the hat and why 2 million and why not 4 million? So first and foremost, obviously we want as many doses in as quickly as possible, but but there are real reasons to look at these individual numbers and think about it. I believe if things go well on production, that we will be on track to be able to produce almost 2 million doses a day. And I wanna make sure that there is a very short line between production of doses and vaccinations into people's arms. So we have a very efficient distribution process. The Biden team is working on that and it's gonna take them a few weeks. I just think it's unrealistic in a country as size of ours with plans that were already up and running for them to step in and totally revamp it in a week. So I'm gonna give them a couple more weeks to see how they do. Uh, But the reason we wanna get between one and a half and two million doses a a day is the variant that is starting to take off now. Uh, We've got to get a lot of people protected. And 
the way I think about it, Wayne, is that if we do a million and a half a day, we're going to be able to get all elderly people over 65 done by kind of mid to later part of March. That will be very, very helpful. Um, and we might do better than that. So there's a reason to target that, uh, those kinds of uh, measures. So let's talk variants. Um, I think you were referring to the British variant, the UK variant, when you said the variant. I know. And, and, and that is obviously here in the United States, uh, seems to be particularly uh, entrenched, as it were, in, in certain parts of the country. What about this South Africa variant? I was reading that uh, it may be more resistant to vaccines and Moderna is preparing a booster for that eventuality. Maybe you can just break down yep. the South Africa variant, where it is, what it is, and is it here yet in the U.S.? Yep. And there is a third one that we're going to hear a lot more about this week, and that's the Brazil variant, because the first case of the Brazil variant was just identified in the U.S., I think, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, so there's the U.K. variant. We've talked about that a lot. And there's very good evidence, by the way, that the current vaccines work very well against the U.K. variant. The South Africa variant, we have not seen any cases of it in the United States, but that is not my way of saying there are no cases. We just haven't found it yet. There may, in fact, be. Uh, it is also more contagious. We don't know if it's as contagious as the UK variant. Uh, but the more concerning part about the South Africa variant uh, is that it does seem to, to be less um, susceptible to the immune response that the vaccine generates. Now, that's not the same thing as saying, I want to be very, very clear. It's not the same thing as saying the vaccines won't work against the South Africa variant. What Moderna laid out yesterday in, it, in its data um, was that it is... Uh, that, that, that people who've been immunized are going to have less protection. But I still believe they will have largely have enough protection to avoid getting sick from this disease. So if you've been vaccinated, uh, all the evidence I see so far says you'll still have protection against the South Africa variant, but it may not be quite as strong a set of protection. So you may still get infected, but you'll have milder disease. Um, and you probably will be less likely to be infected. We just don't know, right? There's a lot we're still sorting out. But I guess my point is, it's not a moment to panic. There is not, this is not one where I'm concerned that like this will somehow completely escape our immune response. And, and then Moderna is building a booster specifically targeting this variant on the outside chance that people start uh, not being able to protect themselves with the immunization from the South Africa variant. I doubt we'll end up needing it, but I'm glad they're building it in case we do. So a lot of countries have travel restrictions in terms of people from abroad coming in, including the United States. We have some restrictions. People still move around the planet, though, even with the restrictions. They move around. the planet. It's just it's a fact of contemporary life. Yep. Is it therefore correct to say that it, it's almost or is inevitable that a variant in one part of the world will eventually go to other parts of the world, including the U.S.? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, given the level of global travel that still is going on in this pandemic, there is zero chance in my mind that we will be able to keep any of these variants completely out. The point of travel restriction, in my mind, is not to keep these things completely out. That's not realistic. It's to slow the spread. It's to, it's to, instead of a thousand people coming in with this variant and letting it take off, maybe only 20 will or 10 will. And that means it'll spread much more slowly and, and you'll have more time to get it and, and catch up to it and identify it. So that's the reason to have travel restrictions. 
But in a country our size and a world as globalized as ours, uh, it is not physically possible to keep these things out. Just there's too much travel, right? Even if you put in a travel restriction, let's say to South Africa. Well, somebody from South Africa could travel to Germany. And then that person from Germany could infect someone else in Germany who then picks it who comes. So unless you seal your borders 100% forever, which we can't do, these things will seep in. That's just the reality of a global world. So you say these things, uh, given the nature of viruses and how they evolve, for lack of a better word, can we expect more variants to emerge at some point here with, with coronavirus? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, we, we will have more variants, undoubtedly. Um, but it depends a little bit on what we do. So remember that these variants arise when we give the virus a chance to mutate and viruses mutate, the more they replicate. So as long as the pandemic remains, like these outbreaks remain very, very large, as long as we have a large number of people infected, there'll be more opportunities for variants. So we can reduce the number of variants that arise by keeping the level of infections really low. There are many reasons to vaccinate lots of people quickly. Uh, one of them is I wanna bring this pandemic under control. And by bringing it under control, we will actually reduce the risk of new variants arising. So there are many reasons to do it, but one of them is that. So we have a couple of audience questions this week and I'll go to the first one. Curious if your first vaccine shot is one brand like Pfizer. However, because of supply issues, there are none for your second dose. Would using Moderna or J&J, which is not yet available, as the second shot have the same effect? Yeah, so let's not talk about J&J because we just don't know. And I yeah. don't think we, um, uh, so CDC actually came out with some recommendations on this on Friday. And what they said, which I agree with, is you should get the same second shot. Uh, so if you had a Pfizer first, you should get a Pfizer second. That's what we've studied. That's what we know. Uh, what they also said was, imagine you got your first shot, let's say, in Florida, and now you're in, you know, wherever, you're in California, and no one can track down the record of what you got. What do you do in that instance? In that instance, you should just get a second shot of whatever is available and not worry excessively. Um, so as a general rule, people should absolutely get the same one. In extremely unusual circumstances, it may be fine to get another uh, second one. But I do not think that should be the default. And we should generally try our best to avoid mixing and matching. Uh, we should just stick with the two doses of the same one. Okay, thanks. And here's another question, the other question. Is there any data regarding the side effects of receiving the COVID vaccine along with the new shingles vaccine within the same time frame or within a few months from each other? And I assume by the new shingles vaccine, this, uh, this woman is referring to the Shingrix, which came yeah. on the market about a year ago, or just over a year ago. This is a very good question. And in general, I mean, so obviously with kids, we, we give multiple vaccines at the same time. Uh, I think it's fine. I think um, the, the short answer here is we don't know. We don't have enough clinical data. And, uh, and so, for instance, you know, Wayne, I got my first Moderna vaccine yesterday, my first shot. I, I saw that on Twitter. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I'm, um, you know, part of it is I'm going to be starting back up on clinical service at the Providence VA. And so it was time to get vaccinated. Right. And, uh, you know, I was asked, have you gotten any vaccines in the past 14 days? And that's mostly just because we don't have much experience with co-administering COVID vaccines with others. And I guess what I would say to folks is, you know, 
I wouldn't get two vaccines within a few days of each other. If you're going to get a COVID vaccine, get it and don't. And but if it was like three months ago, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, again, the question I was asked was about the last 14 days, certainly within a couple of weeks of the COVID vaccine. I, I wouldn't. And not because I think it's dangerous or harmful. It's just we don't have the data. And I don't know why we'd mess with that. Thank you. Uh, and audience members, you can send questions to GW Miller at ProvidenceJournal.com. And please write in the subject field question for Dr. Shah. Ashish, thank you. As always, informative. And we'll see you in a week. Stay safe. I always enjoy being back. Thanks so much. And I look forward to talking next week. Be well. Mm-hmm.